Good afternoon, good evening, good morning to everyone. This is just a little disclaimer about the sound quality of this episode. Um, unfortunately, we had some technical problems uh, whilst recording this one, so it's a little bit bassy in places and a little bit floaty. We promise that we've tried to fix it for the next episode, so fingers crossed everything should sound okay for the next one. This episode, it's not awful, it's just not the best that we've... Um, ever put out that's all thanks for listening hope you enjoy the episode bye you're good yeah let's do it okay Welcome to Movie Grouch and Fanboy Podcast. My name is Bex. I am a very big movie grouch. And here with me is everybody's favourite fanboy. It is Blakatron. Hello. Hello. How are it you doing? It feels good to be doing this one. I know. <laughs> because, should we just go straight into it? Yeah, go into the problem. Yeah, uh, we, we think, we so, uh, recently Audacity, which is what we used to record, had an update. We think that update was faulty, and as we've come to record today, he, he, it's uh, sent out another update. It all seems to be recording fine, but we would try to record Tuesday night on no on no dinner for about an hour, trying to figure out audacity why it, the sound was so bad. Slowly, as it I was, as it was going on, I was drinking more and more whiskey. So it's a good job <laughs> we didn't, because I've been quite drunk. Yeah, I had a I glass think. of wine on the go as well. Yeah. In actual fact, I feel quite bereft without a glass of wine now but it's, well, it's uh, far too early in the morning 10 past 11 on a sunday <laughs> yeah, morning we can't be doing that so yeah it's nice to be here if this is your first time to the movie grouch on fanboy universe you are very welcome and you have found the podcast in which we watch a film that i mrs movie grouch hello have avoided watching for very oh. stupid reasons we have a watch the film we have a chat about the film and then we record it and put it out for your listening pleasure before we get stuck into the movie for this episode, we have a little chat about what we've been watching because sometimes we watch stuff separately, shift patterns and things being what they are. Blake, what have you been watching? So on Sunday and Mondays, I watch a lot of American football, but film-wise, I did recently watch um, the DC League of Superbets and it was very, very good. Did you enjoy it? Yeah, it was fun. It was very silly and it was very like having a dog. Uh, it was very emotive. <laughs> Even an animation. Is this when you told me that you'd had like... Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it was very... All I'm going to say is very emotional. Was it with those text messages? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was just very emotional. I was just like, oh, your relationship with your dog. Like, I feel like they got it... They got it really, really well. And I thought it was amazing. Yeah. So if you haven't seen it, definitely check it out because it's pretty cool. Awesome. Yeah, what about you? No, I haven't been watching a lot. It's been a busy, it's been a busy yeah, week. Yeah, it's been right? a bit fraught, isn't it? Yeah. going on. You know, three hour recording episodes where yeah. we didn't record and just mm. got progressively drunker. Yeah. Uh, notwithstanding. I finished Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. I rewatched that. Nice. Um, you'll be glad to know that I didn't finish Yellow Jackets and my Paramount Plus subscription is now expired so okay. when you watch that again i will jump in and uh, finish it off okay cool i watched something on bbc iplayer last week called am i being unreasonable which is the new daisy may cooper mm-hmm. drama comedy really enjoyed that and can highly recommend it and cool. i felt quite cool because i went into my office at work and i was like oh what's this thing at the weekend and everyone was like oh yeah i really want to watch it is that any good I knew nothing about it, Brilliant. but they'd like seen the adverts and stuff, and I was like, oh, cool. "Okay, 
yeah, but really recommend it. It's I great. Know. So yeah, that's it. Nice and quick. Yeah. So nice and quick. Nice and quick. Okay. Well, uh, without further ado, let's move on. <laughs> So what did we watch this episode? We watched 1997's Event Horizon. Yeah, we did. This was my pick, wasn't it? Yeah, I, it kind of was. You kind of yeah. you kind of chose this one out of the hat. Yeah, I get this one confused with The Abyss because I haven't seen The Abyss and I haven't seen Event Horizon and I knew that one was more horror than the other. Okay, cool. Straight in. Have you got the synopsis, please? Set in 2047, the film follows a crew of astronauts sent on a rescue mission after missing spaceship Event Horizon spontaneously appears orbiting Neptune. The crew search the ship for life but find that Event Horizon was a testbed for an experimental engine that created a rift in the time-space continuum, left the universe entirely, which has allowed a demonic force to possess it. Which I find will happen, you know, if you decide to leave the universe via a space-time continuum, it is likely that you will get possessed by a demonic force. So just, just bear that in mind if anybody offers you any continuum adventures. Okay, I will remember that. I mean... Hmm. Well, it's actually like a public service. Yeah, 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 that's fair. Yeah. Okay, so a couple of scores. So IMDb is a 6.6 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes, it's a critic score, 31%. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's quite low. And um, the audience score of 61%. So that is fresh. But it's not great. There's no audience reviews on Rotten Tomatoes for this. Oh, Which wow. I found really weird about some of the films, especially the older films, is quite common. But I found a one-star review on uh, IMDb that I'll read out. Okay. Darkness is frightening because we don't know what it contains. Blackness isn't frightening. It's just ugly and off-putting. Like the fluorescent greens that also figure so heavily in the colour scheme. Like the sudden loud noises and the lacerated flesh. Event Horizon doesn't know the difference between scary, startling and sickening. But what makes the film really bad is the complete absence of characterization. How many people are brought the rescue ship to begin with? Five? Ten? If I'd only had counted. There's the ship's hubristic scientist, so utterly lifeless and hubristic, he loves that word, scientist, that I bet if you were to tap him on the shoulder and ask, why did you do what you just did? He would look puzzled and fight, because I'm hubristic scientist. Similar remarks apply to the, the jiving black guy and to the tough but capable captain, although he, out of everyone, comes closest to being an actual character. Everyone else on board is utterly unmemorable. Is this better or worse? Hard to tell. I think Lawrence Fishburne's captain is easier to take than the average faceless crew member. Sam Neill's scientist is much harder. Don't think for a minute that I'm blaming the actors. Is the script. No more than half of the lines can be delivered with conviction. So no more than half are. <laughs> That's my favourite bit. <laughs> no more than half are. Like, it's, it's like he's worked out exactly 50%. <laughs> counting those yeah. lines. <laughs> Uh, the cast spends most of its time shouting at one another explaining things in a sort of way to the audience and wandering off suddenly to investigate this or that without telling anyone only to come back having forgotten whatever it was they had been doing before they left it becomes tiring after a while watching conversations you know won't lead anywhere because they'll be forgotten as soon as the camera turns to something else yes i can't help noticing that an earlier reviewer tells us that if we don't want something scary and suspenseful we should watch bambi instead he can't have seen Bambi recently. Concede, concede for the sake of argument that Event Horizon is scary. Still, Bambi is far more suspenseful. One cares whether Bambi or not survives. What? Exactly. That's uh, insane. That's utter insanity. Yeah, it's a long thing, but it made me it made me quite happy. I've never heard the word hubristic. No, I before. don't know what it means. Either. I no, just have a quick yeah. look. Let's 
let's look it up. Hey Siri, what does hubristic mean? Hubristic means excessively proud or self-confident. Hmm. Okay. Sounds about right. Yeah. Um, and okay. here's a positive review. It's called A Trippy Nightmare. Boy, did this give me anxiety. I don't even think I breathe during certain parts. Lol. This may be a work of science fiction, but with how much science has advanced and continues to advance, something similar to this isn't impossible. And that's the scariest part. The acting and visual effects were realistic, and the storyline kept me focused on that the whole time, especially when it got toward the end. I highly recommend giving this a watch. You won't be disappointed. But any wish would be there being more after that ending. I'd love to see how the crew dealt with and recovers from what they went through. Yeah, okay, that's that's quite interesting. That's quite interesting. Um, which just which one are you leaning more towards? Which review do you think you lean more towards? The second one for sure. Like, oh, really? Yeah. I do think that first that first guy had some points. He uh, does yeah. make some points. He does make some very good points. But this is this film is what we twenty it's twenty five years old. Yeah. So it's you know in nineteen ninety seven, great two thousand twenty two, bit ropey. <laughs> Let's crack on. What has stopped you from seeing this movie in the past? I thought it was more sci-fi than horror, so I was a bit meh. I'm not a big fan of sci-fi. Sci-fi is a bit of a weird genre for me if it's too sciencey i'm not in so i thought it might be a little bit too sci-fi too mm. science okay and not enough fiction okay what was your preconceived idea of this movie that it was too sciencey blah blah science blah blah fiction blah blah space nice. that's what i thought would okay cool can you please talk us through the opening scene setups yeah proverbial um, I'm quite proud of this write-up, so I really hope it. Okay. I remember feeling it was quite quite funny. So before I get stuck into the opening scenes and setup, I'm just going to do a little public service announcement because you might find this helpful. It's important to remember that the director, Paul W.S. Anderson, is not Paul Verhoeven. Paul Verhoeven made Showgirls, Starship Troopers and Basic Instinct. He didn't direct this. Okay. Because that... <laughs> The minute I saw that name, I was like, oh, the guy that did Starship Troopers. And you were like, no, 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 no. no." So I'm just just putting that out there. So in 2047, a distress signal from the presumed missing Event Horizon, which disappeared on its maiden voyage seven years ago, is picked up. And a spaceship called like the Clark Willis or something, isn't it? Mm -hmm. It's called something like Willis Smith. It's got like a proper... Will Smith is the spaceship. No, it's not called Will Smith, but it's like... Clark Lewis or Lewis Clark or something like that. It's got like a proper name. John Lewis. No. A crew, the the Lewis Clark spaceship, the John Lewis spaceship is sent out to investigate and see what's going on with Event Horizon. So the crew are joined by Dr. William Weir. This is a bad idea, but they won't figure that out for a while. Who explains that he created the Event Horizon. Its purpose is to allow people to fold a piece of paper in half, push a pencil through the folded paper, which allows spaceships to travel through space. That's that's how that works. They pick up the distress signal from the Event Horizon and it just sounds like screams and howls. One of the crew, the, the medic who is called DJ, can hear Liberate Me, which in Latin apparently means save me. And that's that's the first first bit. Okay. Nice and quick. I've tried yeah. to go a bit quicker this time. Well, no, surely like we need to equally that a little bit. Oh, do we? Don't, isn't that what we said last time? No, um, I think we'll we'll manage. Don't worry. Do you want to add, talk about anything? Um, 
Yeah. So I feel like we should, after each section, I feel it's better. Okay. So I think I knew exactly, and I felt quite reassured about this. I knew exactly what kind of film it was going to be from like the opening credits. And I find, well, I didn't realise this until I watched Event Horizon because it opens with the credits. There's no preamble, there's no first bit of story and then you've got credits and then um, the story continues. Like, I like it when it opens with the credits because I'm like, okay, credits are done. We're into the story now. We know what's going on. Oh, you like, you know there's not like, going to be like a, yeah. it's this, we're going to stop the build up of the film yeah like you get five minutes yeah, of story yeah, yeah. build up and then we'll get the credits like i know you're kind of over like james bond as a whole yeah thing but that's obviously part of what it does does it is that is that always bothered you or with bond no, do you, have... like when you were watching the bond films did you accept it for what it was i think i accept it for what it is when mm. i see it in other films but i didn't realize actually until i thought about it writing these notes that actually i quite like it when that's done and dusted and i'm quite interested what i find quite interesting is because i have anxiety and i think there's been because it's been quite stressful there's been a lot going on mm. at work and at home i think i was sort of feeling a little bit stressed and anxious when we were watching this and actually i found a lot of comfort in knowing like it sounds really daft no uh, it sounds really silly but i think if you if you suffer with anxiety or any kind of any kind anything like that hopefully you might be nodding along and going yeah that makes sense not going she's she needs some help do you know what what now that you've said that not i'm not talking about like you know from my point of view actually it's not an anxiety thing but what i have just realized is like it if a film if a good film starts and it gives you three minutes, five minutes mm-hmm. of the opening thing. Like, if a film gets you straight away, I, what I've just noticed, just funny, like, I settle in, and then, yeah, and the fucking credits come. Yeah. And you're like, oh, shit. And it does, yeah, it ruins the... The flow. The flow. And do you know what, as well? I think it's quite a recent thing. That do you? Me, yeah. I want to say it is, but it, f- it feels like it's quite a modern last 10 years thing that they've started doing that in movies. Because I know there's definitely an episode that we've recorded where we've said that there was like quite a long intro before the credits hit. And I can't remember which one it was. It might have been Heat. It might have been something where it felt like it was a good sort of, could even have been Law Abiding Citizen. Okay. I can't remember exactly, but there was definitely a film we watched where there was a good sort of 10 minutes of setup and you kind of settled into that point and then the credits started and you're like, oh, okay, cool. We've, mm. we've got this to go through now. Okay. And I, I think I, I, I just sort of knew, I knew the time scale and it was like a 90 minute film. I knew there was going to be sort of a fairly good beginning, middle and end. I knew for like 90, like 90 minutes is my optimum sitting through yeah, yeah. time, th- sitting through a film time scale. Yeah. So I'm more likely to watch a film that's like about 90 minutes yeah. in length. If it's two hours, it feels like too much work. That's what I've learned. Okay. And I sometimes when we watch films and they're like two hours, I'm like, oh, just go to the Wii. Go for a Wii. Go to the Wii. Go to the Wii. Uh, do a quick Wii watch. Um, get, Blake, <laughs> get Blake to pause it. And then I can see how long we've got left. Cheeky. There's also, it's quite interesting actually, anxiety in movies. Because quite a lot of people that suffer with anxiety won't choose new 
programs and things yeah they'll watch the same things mm. over again and yeah. i definitely do that although i wouldn't say that that's about trying to settle any anxiety that's just about like i don't want to waste my time watching something that's going to be shit yeah. i'd rather watch something that i know i'm going to enjoy and gives me the feels that i mm. whatever yeah so anyway that was a lot of talk about mental health and, and all the rest of it and i'd just like to point out that i'm not sat there having a panic attack it when the credits start yeah, like yeah seven minutes into a film yeah. i just it it's like a like a subconscious sort of relaxing i think that like oh okay they're out of the way let's get on with the story yeah um, you know you can bed in yes yeah and get invested and i kind of i think you could just tell from the credits and also because i'm really sorry i mean not that she's going to be listening but because jolie richardson was in it I knew that it wasn't going to be too taxing. Isn't that awful? Well, I only really remember... I don't know her outside. I don't know. I've probably seen her more than I know, but I really noticed her when Nip Tuck was on. That's yeah. when I first saw her, and that was obviously after this film. So, I've But ne- then she's yeah. recently cropped up in The Sandman. So oh, has she? She was in that, yeah. Was she good in that? Yeah, she's great. She's only in one episode, I think, but she's really good. Yeah. So I really like Nip Tuck. Yeah, it was um, cool, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, it was fucking weird, but it was yeah, good. Yeah, but I always found weird her... Weird with my mum and dad. Oh, really? Yeah. <gasps> like, very odd Holy. show to watch your parents. Holy, yeah. yeah. Did you ever see the episode of Nip Tuck with the dog? Yeah. yeah. That was... Yeah. I think about that now, and I'm just like, oh, that is yeah. so messed up. Yeah. So messed up. Anyway, I never took that much notice of her character. I think I... Oh, it sounds what, awful, in, doesn't in it? I don't like. I don't like saying that I find people quite boring or bland... But I think, no, instead of those words, let's say that I don't find much light or shade in her performances. Mm, I kind of find that they're quite one note. Um, And I haven't seen her in anything, I guess, critically acclaimed or that I felt was like really... Outstanding. Outstanding. That's fair enough. I don't want to diss anybody because I can't fucking act for Toffee. Toffee. I thought it would be quite a nice little romp through space and time and through ripped up bits of paper explaining scientific concepts so yeah awesome. um what else have i got here i don't know so um i always thought to... like we're quite a deceptive character at that point you feel quite sorry for him at the beginning because the crew are a bit boisterous and a bit kind of like oh god we've got this guy here we don't really want him on board what's the point of him mm-hmm. um and he he seems a bit oily and a bit smarmy so a bit sort of they're all, uh, I don't know, they're kind of a bit sort of, Who's this you don't know. Guy? Yeah, exactly. Like, hey, get off my ship. And he's just sort of looking very self-assured and hubristic, I suppose. Hubristic. Um, New word of the day. I know, check me out. Yeah, he's looking a bit sort of, a bit like, right, okay, well, just you wait. You don't know what I'm capable of. And that's true. Yeah, it's true. We find out yeah. an awful lot about him. Okay, cool. Um, middle of the film story arc and plot development. Okay, so the crew investigate the event horizon and find masses of goo lying around that used to be human. So that's always a good sign whenever you get you on a might spaceship. Call it gooman. <laughs> oh, nice. Huh? Mm? Nice. Thanks. I'm here every fortnight. They have a job to do, so they decide to ignore all the gooman lying around nice. and carry on regardless, which again. I think they'll probably come to Rue, whoever made that decision, or Rue making that decision. They'll regret that. As they're on board, the ship's gravity drive activates and pulls one of the crew, who is called Justin, he doesn't really matter, into the portal, which causes the Lewis and Clark to become damaged, meaning that the crew have to stay on the event horizon. Hmm, 
coincidence much. Justin is super spaced out, see what I did there, but eventually comes around and decides to attempt suicide by decompression, which is horrible because he wakes up just before. It's an awful scene. Um, but he's saved by Captain Miller, my hero, and the crew put Justin into stasis. So my question for you now is, is it Stasis, like Stasi, or Stasis, like Oasis? Because I always thought it was Stasis, like Oasis, but they say Stasis, like Stasi. I'm going to go with the majority of science fiction Stasis. Yeah, because I'm fairly sure in Red Dwarf they put Dave Lister into Stasis, don't yeah. they? So which and is how he like, yeah. And I'm fairly sure they call it Stasis. Yeah, it's Stasis. Stasis. Yeah, that just might be to be different, but it's, I think it's Stasis. Jolly Richardson's sure. character saying Stasis. Well, you yeah. What are you going to do? Jolly Richardson. Bloody Jolie. What's she up to? Bloody bugger. Cool. Anything you want to discuss in the middle? Yeah. Sorry, I'm I'm still going here. Oh yeah. So, sorry. Um, after Justin's Rude. episode, the crew start seeing things. So Captain Miller sees someone he left to die somewhere and he's on fire. Peters, who is a lady on the spaceship. That's pretty much all we find out about her. She sees her son who's disabled and she's left behind with, her, I think, her ex-husband. He's got legs all mangled up and Weir sees his wife who killed herself um, and asks him to join her. So they find the video log of the Event Horizon and the crew are either shagging or mutilating each other. And I was there for that. Definitely. Uh, there is a little star there. So the old sort of depictions of hell. I was I was here for that whole scene. I thought that was really unnerving, really creepy. And really, I was like, OK, this is cool. Mm hmm. So Event Horizon Captain has gouged his own eyes out and he's holding them out like he wants to give them to you. Thanks, but you're okay. And the heart, and he keeps saying like the Latin phrase, um, heard earlier is spoken again, and it means not save me, it means save yourself from hell. So the only logical conclusion is to, dr to draw is that the Event Horizon drive opened a gateway to a hell dimension outside of the known universe and that Event Horizon has now attained sentience. I think that's where we all thought that was going. So that's the middle. Cool. Anything you want to talk about? I just up? want to clarify that I'm not kind of weird in terms of like liking the mutilating and shagging each other. But I think that whole scene was so well done because it was so brief and you didn't really, you got enough to know what was going on, but you didn't really see enough to get a lot. Mm -hmm. That whole tying in with stuff, you know, like, I guess it's like Dante's, not Dante's Inferno, but the seven, the seven circles of hell or whatever it is. Kind of tying in with all that is pretty, that was pretty cool. I liked all that, that reference to the old, mm -hmm. old kind of like lore and myths about hell. The scene with Justin when he tried to commit suicide by decompressing the ship was horrible. That was, again, edge of your seat. I thought that was really well done. Mm -hmm. And the fact that he was kind of in a trance and then got in the airlock and decompressed that and then woke up like the ship unpossessed him. Mm -hmm. um, that was really sinister. What I did notice, though, and the reason that I very flippantly kept saying, like, characters don't matter, is that not everybody got the hallucinations. And that really bothered me. Why? Because it did feel like this is where that guy is spot on with his, his review. It feels like these crew members matter because we're going to give them a little bit of backstory. 
the rest of them you don't need to worry about. And w- what's really interesting is I think it's Cooper, who's the guy, is it Cooper? The guy at the end who makes it through, he he survives with Jolie Richardson's character. Mm. He doesn't have a hallucination, but he is he's like the final man. The final man, yeah. That seems insane because we get a lot of information about Peters and Miller who die, but we don't get anything about Cooper. It's called Cooper, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that bugged me a little bit because it felt like it was we were putting emphasis on the wrong characters and killing off the wrong characters. So it's like make the ones that you're not going to invest in much, make them cannon fodder and kill them off. But if you're going to keep people around, give us a bit of backstory. Because but, actually it didn't really matter who died and who didn't. But Cooper obviously nearly died in the airlock. Justin nearly died in the airlock. And again, like, Justin... Because Justin nearly died when he committed suicide and they put him into stasis, didn't they? So he makes it through to the end, but we don't find anything out about him. Miller, you find yeah, out, Cooper like, left the, the guy in active just... service and was, like, he burnt to death and he's racked with guilt. Peter's got her disabled son who's, like, maimed. And they die... And yet Cooper doesn't have any hallucinations. We don't find anything about his backstory. So I got really confused then for a minute. I thought Cooper was the one in the airlock. But yeah, it was Justin in the airlock. It was the young lad, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. For a minute, I was like, I got the names confused in my head. And I was like, what? Yeah. So Cooper obviously nearly died. Where did he nearly die? He nearly died at the end. He got his oxygen tank. Yeah, that's right. Oxygen pipe. Yeah. So So from that... From that perspective, I definitely feel like they invested storyline and development on the wrong characters. Okay, yeah, but I just, I I think I know what you mean, but I think sometimes with quite a large cast and a confined space, it's hard to give everyone But they managed as it. much. No, they managed it. In a short time. Because span. even Sean Pertwee's character, they didn't give him any hallucinations. He died. I think I would rather have... Yeah, but like it's it's like if we m- swapped around who got the hallucinations, it would make more sense because the people that would die wouldn't have hallucinations, but you find out more about the people that survive. But so I think right. So obviously we've so we've uh, unless they're just like pure people who never did anything bad and don't. You so know. Smith, who was played by Sean Pertwee, I think he didn't. Ha- I think I I kind of know what you're saying, but if, I think if you look at other things in the film could be why like he's quite a strong character he's the pilot of the ship yeah he's quite a strong character okay in, in that sense and maybe he's like he's got this justin who got in the airlock or possessed i think what they've done there is they've tried to he's a young he's the youngest member of the crew they're gonna sort of give you this as a bit of like shit they're killing off the young guy quick blah, 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 give you a bit of tension okay so I think people have got importance just in different areas, maybe in strength of character rather than them getting a hallucination. No, I think I just think it's confused. Sorry, I disagree with that. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just maybe looking at it from like the filmmaker's yeah. point of view, devil's advocate, whatever. Do you know what I mean? It could yeah. just be that you've seen it that way, but actually their intention was was that he way. Gets this screen time. You can tell he's the pilot. He's quite I... a strong character. He's like a bit cocky, blah blah. That's you know fine, I mean? but I, I, it doesn't land that way if that's what they intended Ooh, to do. Fair enough. Okay. I don't think it does anyway. God, I love how we had colds. We talked about The Departed for like 10 minutes. We picked like a really shit film and we're 34 minutes in and we haven't even started the main bit of the podcast no, no, yet. It's, it's great. Closing scenes. End of the movie. 
all that nonsense, please. Okay, so Miller decides to destroy the Event Horizon, which I think at this point is probably for the best. Peters is dead. Weir's gouged out his eyes. Of course he has. Uh, and is possessed by the ship. I mean, likely. We all saw that coming, didn't we? So he sets an explosive in Lewis and Clark, which kills Smith, which we're not fussed about. You didn't have any hallucinations. And propels Cooper into space, who, like, you would think that Cooper doesn't matter, given the amount of story development he's had during the during the, the film. Weir kills DJ by vivisecting him, which is pretty cool. He hangs him up and the guts splatter everywhere, which is, at this point, is a good job that the ship is going to blow up so that no one's got to clear that up. Weir and Miller have a fight. Weir initiates a 10-minute countdown, after which event Horizon will jump back to the Hell Dimension. I mean, most people like the Algarve, but to each their own. If you want a holiday on a Hell Dimension, do it. Cooper, who actually did matter. Like, here I am saying that he didn't matter because he didn't have hallucinations. He does matter because he survives the whole thing. He manages to get back to the ship, which is pretty, that's pretty ingenious from what I remember. Weir shoots at him and is sucked into space because the window opens and the ship decompresses. Although everybody else is okay, which does make you wonder why they panicked so much about Justin when he was going to decompress in the airlock. Because if, if Weir can shoot through a window and get sucked into space and everybody else survives that, hmm, maybe maybe Justin would have been okay. Science isn't solid there, is it? No, it's not. Yeah. So Miller, Stark and Cooper survive, sealing off the ship's bridge. Miller plans to split Event Horizon in two, using the forward section as a lifeboat. He's then attacked by manifestations of the guy he's left behind. Oh, no way. Oh, it's resurrected, Dr. Weir. Of course it is. Uh, Miller sacrifices himself by blowing the middle bit of uh, the ship up. The gravity drive activates, pulling the ship back into a black hole. Stark and Cooper get into stasis and wait for rescue. 72 days later, they are rescued. Or are they? Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. End of film. I've got a really good point there to make. Go on, then. Let's talk about it. Let's, oh, let's unpack the film. You. I can't remember. What I well, it's, no, it's not, it can't be that good, then. What are we saying? Uh, you want to talk about it, or do you think we'll cover it as we go I forward? I think we'll cover it as we go forward. I thought Miller would survive. Got killed, Captain, didn't you? No, I don't think so. Yeah. I, like I, that's what I find odd is the choice of people surviving at the end. Like if you just said to me at the beginning, sort of ten, fifteen minutes into the film, pick the people that will die. Yeah, but there's shock value in killing the main player, isn't there? There is. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. Like I think that's kind of that all is it is. True. Is the shock value in killing killing the main characters the main players whatever yeah the I biggest guess. characters on the screen like you know it's like when um I'm trying to think of now that i'm under pressure trying to think of like sort of big things where that's happened can't think of any no come to mind well the departed i guess yeah but that happens all at the end like an ending a film like that not so much but like yeah but this kind of film. like that final scene miller yeah guys. i guess yeah yeah Cool. So anyway, did you uh, did you have a favourite character? Yeah, my favourite character was Captain Miller. Captain Miller. Uh, Lawrence Fishman's great, isn't he? So before, well, before we started this podcast, the only thing that I had seen Lawrence Fishburne in was The Matrix, and I thought he was great in that. Yeah. But I am a little bit in love with him after seeing <laughs> him in Boys, Boys in the Hood. Yeah, yeah, His yeah. His furious yeah, styles. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like that man yeah. is goals for. 
Like if you if you're at goals. all worried, goals, goals, yeah. goals. The man it. is goals. I think he he was quite fair. I think that that's that's like a good mark of a good captain, isn't it? You want someone that's going to be quite firm when they need to be. Mm-hmm. Um, quite selfless. He sacrifices himself so that people can people can live, and he also puts people in their place when they're dicking about mm. and not doing what they need to do. So yeah, okay. good captain. I think mine was uh, DJ. Jason, oh really? Jason Isaacs. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because right, so I really like Jason Isaacs. You do. Like. Every time we watch a film with Jason Isaacs in, you're like, I really like Jason Isaacs. Yeah. Which includes Harry Potter. Every time we yeah. see him in Harry yeah, Potter, yeah. you always say when the credits roll, yeah. I really like Jason Isaacs. Yeah. But what I like, why he's my favourite in this film is because, like, I think he's, I don't know if he's... Is over... it because he gets vivisected? No. I mean, that's pretty fucking cool. But no, I think, I don't know if it's just me, but I think he's, like, underrated as an actor quite a lot. Even though I think he's probably not, but in my head he is. But also, he's obviously probably mostly known for playing bad guys. And what I like about his performance in this, even though he's like a doctor, he still gives off this tone of like, I could be a menace at any point. Right. And I quite like that in this film. Hello, Ozzy. <laughs> Thanks, bud. That explanation is literally driven the dog to confusion yeah. he's just lying down um and i just think yeah he's like a little bit he, like you feel like he could be a bad guy even though he's not and i don't know if that's because of the way he's been portrayed in some areas like quite often a bad guy but i think he's quite cool in this so i didn't recognize him as jason isaacs when we mm-hmm. like i saw the name at the end and i was like ah it's lucius malfoy yeah and I thought there was an air of menace about him. Yeah, I like that. I thought it was quite a cool, like, understated performance as well. Yeah. yeah that was me. Uh, did you have a worse character? Um, I've written down DJ. <laughs> no word of a lie. What? I've written down. I've, I have put difficult. Um, Peter's was a bit annoying. And DJ, just because we didn't find out much about him. Yeah, that. I found Peter's the worst. She just did my nutting. I didn't like her at all. I think... DJ was a bit annoying because I didn't really know kind of what See, he was what, what he was fitting into. Was yeah, he a bad yeah. guy? Was he a good yeah. guy? Am I supposed to care about mm. him? Am I not supposed to care about him? What the hell is going on? Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, Peters was yeah, just like kind of forgot she was in it. Yeah. So she died. Her backstory with a disabled child would have been a really interesting thread to that. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how you do that in ninety minutes. You no, probably could have no, cut out yeah. some of the yeah, you probably some could. stuff, some fluff. Some um, human. Did you have a <laughs> some gooman? Did you have a favourite scene? I'm really worried that people are going to think I'm some kind of torture porn, um, torture porn weirdo. I'm not. I'm really not. I really like the bit where they found the video log of everybody going mad and kind of um, mutilating each other. So. The reason that I liked it, and I've written this down, I've managed, I think I've managed to sum it up quite well, is that what the film did really well was evoke a sense of what was happening to them was like an ancient thing. And actually, it was kind of inevitable. And what was happening was a lot older than them and had mm. been around for a longer time. Yeah, And I 
because I quite like, I love the supernatural stuff and mm-hmm. I love Victorian history and yeah. kind of spiritualism and all that sort of stuff. I get off on kind of old, old ideas and kind of beliefs and myths and folklore about like hell and ghosts and things like that. I, mm. I find it really interesting. So for that, I was like, yeah, this ticks, this ticks my boxes. Okay, nice. Cool. Does that sound, I've rambled on there a little no, bit. No, I, I think, think it makes sense. Okay. Uh, my my favorite scene is I just find it quite funny because I find it I find the whole the scene really out of context. Is it where you saw some boobs? No, 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 no. I mean that <laughs> is no. Think about that. Yeah, then. but no, no, no. Maybe it was because it's fucking so out of nowhere. Like you just see a bit of side nip. You're like, oh fucking hell, what's that in there for? But no, it's the bit. It's a uh, it's the scene. You think when you see a bit of side nip, oh for God's sake, why have they put that in there? This no, really ruined the tone of the film. No, but it is out of nowhere, isn't it? What the boob? What boob? I don't even know if there were any boobs. Mm. Uh, then maybe there were some. Maybe boobs. there was. Anyway, maybe we need to edit that bit out. Okay. Uh, but no, for me, it's it's just a bit where we're sat in the chair. It says where we're going. You don't need eyes. <laughs> it's yeah, just it's kind great. of like it doesn't really make any sense no, it but it's kind of a great line yeah like it's kind of like really menacing but also like why are you saying that no one's asked you why your eyes have gone <laughs> yeah. and also, like, you haven't given us any there's in- no context for it whatsoever it's not like a well-known thing that in hell you don't need your eyes. Yeah, it's like, hang on, I need a bit more information. Please. This is why I suggest going to the Algarve, because you you can take your eyes with yeah. you if you go, if you yeah. go on holiday it's to the funny. Algarve. It's not. it's quite yeah. nice. Do you know what I mean? Although hell, so, yeah. is, hell is reportedly very hot. Yes. Rumours. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I just find it kind of like kind of like menacing, but also kind of comedic. I think it's quite it's quite well done. Uh, did, you have, did you have a worse scene? Yeah, I think Justin's attempted suicide. Oh, in terms of it, it was just quite harrowing. Yeah, it was. It was horrible because I find... So, for me, <laughs> we've, I think we've spoken about this before, but you'll... I sometimes worry when you turn to me, we've watched a film, and you're turning to me going, God, that's sick. That's, like, really messed up. Because nine times out of ten, I'm looking at it going, oh, it's not that bad. Um, I think what I find really unsettling in a film is when people are kind of pushed to their limits and they're forced to make difficult choices or they're put in situations where they've got to make difficult choices. I think that element of being pushed to the the, the limit of like human, like the human condition, mm. I find really interesting. And I think to be for something to put you in a in a state so that you're potentially in a life ending situation and then that malevolent thing is like, okay, you're back in control now. What are you going to do about mm. it? I was just like, whoa, imagine being in that situation. That would be horrible. But as it as it turns out, you know, you really didn't need to worry. Because you shoot through a window in space, nothing happens. That's Open true. an airlock. Whoa. Game you, over. You, yeah. Game over. I think for me, I don't know if this counts, but like the sort of opening, when we first see the um, event horizon and we see like the corridors and all the stuff floating around like the sort of basically the cgi the gooman no the cgi stuff is dated oh, quite okay. badly yeah like, I like it's a little bit like it's a little bit well, there was a bit where the chip put lights on and yeah. i was like oh that's so yeah. bad yeah so for me that's really the worst bit directors of the work 
Paul W.S. Anderson, not known for the greatest of movies. What you're talking about, Showgirls, is incredible. Uh, wrong director. No, he made Showgirls. No, he didn't. Oh, Paul Verhoeven. Fucking hell. <laughs> We've mean, literally <laughs> done this bit at the beginning. You see what I mean? Showgirls is, a, is terrible, but it's so funny. Yeah, but it's kind of like, it's so camp. I know. And so, it's such a bizarre movie. The jacuzzi scene in Just it bizarre. It's odd. Like, yeah, yeah. Just an odd, it's an odd, odd film from start to finish. The characters are weird. We're not talking about that now, no. though. One of your favourites. I don't know if it's favourite, but one that you really like. Okay. Death Race. Oh, really? What, yeah. the Jason Statham one? Yeah. Oh, amazing. I like. do like that film. Yeah, you do. Uh, the Resident Evil movies. Oh, I haven't seen those. They're pretty shonky. And they just, obviously, he's married to Mila Jovovich. Oh, is he? So she's in all of his movies as of late. She went in uh, this one? No, I don't think they were together at this point. I'm saying she's probably still a model. Okay, don't say it like that. What model? A model. I don't know. It's just she was a model. <laughs> model um, train. Alien versus Predator. Terrible movie. Uh, Three Musketeers. Fairly recent one. It was okay. It was what the BBC one? No, no, no. A movie with I can see Orlando Bloom. Uh, are you thinking of Pirates of the Caribbean again? No, I'm not. I'm. Th- no, sorry, Luke Evans was in it. Not, oh, okay. Quite often get them confused, looks-wise. Pompeii, disaster film thing. You know who will have seen that, don't you? Mum and Dad. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Monster Hunter, which also had his wife in it, and I've not seen yet, but it's based on a video game. So, yeah, I mean, look, I, yeah, seen a few of his films. They're fun for a bit, but they're not anything sort of serious. So, yeah. That's a humble brag there. If ever there was one, I've seen a few of his films. Yeah, I know. Uh, awards. I didn't lick up any awards for this. Okay. So I was just like, mm, don't think one anything. <laughs> Fair enough. Fact, please, from you. Yeah, I think this fact's quite cool. So the initial. Oh, shit. Miss Scoring Soundtrack. Okay, Sorry. we'll do, the, do that instead then. Scoring Soundtrack. It was all done by Orbital. Oh, really? Yeah, so it's pretty cool, Look which is why it's really. Back. Which is why it's really good, like, in sort of, fut- not futuristic, but like, ravey dance, electronica. It's pretty cool. I wouldn't remember it. Well, there you go. Fact. Okay, so my fact is, the initial cut of the film was so violent, it test is. audiences and studios were not keen. So Paramount ordered the film to be cut by 30 minutes and the scenes of the violence cut as well. Yeah, I heard this too. That's uh, so I did know this, and I would really like to see the director's cut. Oh, really? Mm, to see the difference. But I think it's really interesting because actually, when you when they find the video log, I know I keep going on about it. I know I'm just digging myself further into this weird little creepy hole. That you I might as well myself. just fucking embrace uh, it, babe. Okay. I mean, yeah, we've got a torture dungeon. We've built a torture dungeon under the house. I don't mean... Blake's only allowed out once a week to record the podcast and watch a film. It's a fortnight. It's <laughs> a fortnight. No, I, th- I think that's quite interesting, though, because I definitely think that that video log scene is less le- less is more. Because you don't see much, you want to see more, and you're like, whoa, what is going on there? I agree, but I still want to see the director's cut. So I find it interesting that, obviously, they, they put so much in that the studio was like, nah, get that out, mate. 
that's that's way too over the top and then they've kind of really pared it back because actually the gore and the violence like the violence isn't too extreme the gore is but it's very sort of contained Mm. look it's you know the parents guys were like oh it's all very brief and all the rest of it so yeah interesting did you fall asleep no i didn't no and it went on i think we double double doodled that that day i think we watched two films i think we finished the departed and then we watched this yeah i think so Mm. were your prejudgments correct no I did. I actually really enjoyed it. I thought I'd find it boring, but I really liked it. Nice. Would you watch it again? Yeah, I would. At any point? Yeah. It's quite easy to pick up, I think. It's quite neat. I think that's why I liked it, is because it wasn't overly taxing. It was just, you knew what you were going to get. It was a little bit silly, a little Mm. bit daft. Didn't take itself too seriously. And it was, it had some fun elements. Okay. Mainly that video log. Yeah. Final (laughs) thoughts? Why did Dr. Weir make the gravity drive look like the tunnel cleaner from the labyrinth because it clearly works as a multiple tool <laughs> okay it's a multi-tool a multi-tool multi-tool okay i'll go i'll go with that is that all you had to say on final thoughts yeah i quite liked it i quite liked okay. it it was daft i mean it's not going to win any awards it's not gonna get the critics going but it's all right. It's it's yeah. There are worse ways to spend ninety minutes. Yeah. So yeah, like this. So obviously you picked this film. It was. It is on the. It is was on the list. As are many many others. Yeah. I mean, it's cool. It's aged all right. Yeah. It's entertaining. Oh, special effects are horrific. Yes. Yeah, no, but like I think as a film, it's aged okay overall. It's entertaining. Mm-hmm. It's like you said. Yeah, I quite enjoyed it. It was nice to sit down and watch it again. It sure. had some interesting concepts, for, for, mm. for sure. I yeah, think definitely. it would be interesting to see a reboot, like a version that does take itself a little bit mm. more seriously. It would be interesting to see how that's handled, because I think it could actually be quite scary if it, yeah. was, if it was done a little bit less mm. tongue-in-cheek, maybe. Yeah, cool. Scrat a 10. I'm going to go with a five and a half. Oh, me too. Weirdly, I was thinking, yeah, five and oh. a half. I think it's it's pretty cool. It's like it's it's fine. It sits in the middle. I think, yeah, just above. The yeah, edge. I think it, it. There are problems with it, but yeah. for the most part, it's pretty enjoyable. I didn't hate it. Cool. Awesome. Awesome. So that's it then. That's it. That one's in the bank. In the bank. Or in the bag. In the bag. The bag. It's in the bag. So if you've enjoyed this episode, please. Give us a rating wherever you listen, um, especially if you listen on Apple Podcasts. It just helps other people find the show and lets us know that you're enjoying what we're doing. If you leave us a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, we'll get one of the pets to give you a shout out on the next show. If you want to be part of the crew, you can find us on social media. We're on the gram at Movie Grouch and Fanboy Pod. That's all words. And we're on the book at Movie Grouch and fanboy and the and is an ambassand um it's very confusing i don't really know why we've set up that way maybe i'll do something about it at some point but yeah that's it thank you very much for listening we're not gonna do what's next what's next (laughs) because of your love for gone girl yeah yeah i'm gonna do the film that came out before gone girl that was made by mr ben affleck and it's Ben on. Affleck. Ben Ben Affleck. Uh, gone, baby, gone. Is that about boxing? Nope. 
Oh, that's Million Dollar Baby. That's Million Dollar Baby, yes. Gone Baby Gone. Is that like the prequel to Gone Girl? No. She was a baby. (laughs) That film. And now she's a girl. (laughs) I mean, in theory, it should have been Gone Woman, shouldn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, that we'll do that next because cool. it would be a bit of a tonal change to this one, I think. As can, well. we, so. can we get away from like Matt Damon and Ben Affleck at some point, please? I feel like all we're doing yeah. at the moment is watching Matt Damon, and if it's not Matt Damon, it's Ben Affleck. But they've made films that I really like, and they're in films that I really like. So, yeah, we will, I promise. Well, thank you very much for listening. We will catch you on the flippity flop. We hope you're well and in a good headspace, and we will see you next time. Blake's already taken his headphones off. He's out the door. He's done. Sorry, Want to say just, goodbye? I did say just, goodbye. Just My ears were very sweaty. Oh, God. Well, on that note, I mean, thank your lucky stars you don't have to live with them because I'm going to have to... No, Wash my ears. No, I'm not washing your ears. You can do that yourself, you weirdo. Actual <laughs> fact, look, you've been out for an hour. It's time for you to get back down in your torture dungeon, okay. please. Bye. Bye. just say that i you think it was an audacity update i think it was you putting a blanket on the table i think that's what's done it why <laughs> i think it was audacity because why would there be another update within a week because something else no, might have gone wrong it's no it? different to any other app that has bugs my god always so if you haven't heard us before if this is your first time to the movie grouch and fanboy universe you are very welcome, and you have stumbled across upon. You've a stumbled cron. a cron. You've stumbled upon an acorn. You're not an acorn. It's fine. Blah blah space. Blah blah science. Blah blah fiction. Nice. Okay. Uh, can I say that again? Because I said blah blah fiction. Blah blah fiction. <laughs> have yeah. you any wool? Have you any? Lovely. Uh, right. Okay. So. Oh. oh. Fiddlesticks. Who is it this time? Oh, like if you're at all worried about the kind of man that you need to be in life, I think what <laughs> aim to be like. Good Maybe shot. that's what we should start making some t-shirts. <laughs> that's totally. Um. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Just make it happen. Yeah. There we go. There's a merch idea. Okay. We've got the man from uh, Police Academy who's joined us here. He's going to do some impressions for us. What are you going to do? Michael Winslow is his name. Yep. <laughs> well, you're obviously not Michael Winslow, but you're trying to make a helicopter. <laughs> anyway, that's enough of that nonsense. Um, Nino, Nino. <laughs> <laughs> Nino, Nino.